Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 22 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Michelle, Michelle Price. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, actually. Um, checking off stuff on my to-do list and really kind of like moving through the week. That's good. I love when that happens. It's uh, very accomplishing and you feel like, yes, I've done something, but then you realize that the to-do list doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm kind of nailing it, but yeah, there's so much more to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I like to put them in little pieces, like in sections that way it looks like there's an end and then I can take a break and then I go to the next page. <laughs> you sound way more organized than me. <laughs> It, it doesn't always end that way when I have that moment of like, oh, what the hell? And then I go into that. Okay, I need to organize myself for like a minute. And then, you know, it kind of goes from there. I feel you. Yeah. So why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started? Well, let's let's do that. Um, so I'm never prepared for this question, even though I've been prepared for this. So my name is Michelle Price. Um, I live in Roanoke, Virginia. So I'm kind of new to the Appalachian area. And it's beautiful down here with the mountains. I'm originally from Ohio. Um, and uh, I've been narrating for about a year and a half almost. I started in March of 2021 right? Because this is 2022. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> I just, it's been so much. And, and, you know, how I got into it is kind of a, a, a like a long story, but I, I guess I can give you the short version. So the short version basically is like, uh, you know, in 2020, my life was completely falling apart with, you know, this thing that we call COVID and working from home and the work that I was doing, I was working in suicide prevention, actually. Oh, wow. And work got to be so unbelievably, it was a lot. And without going into detail, my boss let me go right before Christmas of 2020. And after the new year, I was trying to find jobs in similar fields because I didn't know what else to do. You know, my degree was in comparative religious studies and I had been working in suicide prevention for 10 years. So it's like, what, where do you go with that? You know, and I wasn't really having a lot of luck because I was overqualified or underqualified. And, and so I was talking to my therapist and I was like, I just don't know what to do and where to go. And she's like, well, think about what you've always wanted to do and just, you know, take this moment to really go for a dream that you've had. And I'd been listening to audiobooks for like, 10 years. I mean, I've been obsessed with audiobooks and I've always wanted to voice act and narrate and, and things like that. But I thought, well, I have to live in LA. I have to live in New York. I can't do this. But because my therapist told me to check, I looked online and <laughs> I found out that you can do this from your home. And it looked easy. Well, um, <laughs> easy. <laughs> looking back. Um, so I basically just, I looked into it, got to be a part of some Facebook groups, ordered some equipment, and I just started, you know, getting some projects on ACX. And now I'm, you know, working with some publishers. I have had some coaching, which I highly recommend. And, and here I am today. So that that's a journey for sure. It's, um, yeah. and it's much more complicated, but I can imagine, I can imagine, <laughs> but I'm glad it that, you know, I love how your therapist said, take this time to do something that you've been wanting to do. 
Because I yeah. think we forget that when we were kids, <laughs> early teens, we're like, I want to be fill in the blank. And there was a joy to it. I really wish that when I was in that age group, the concept of you could do voiceover, whether it's for audiobooks or, you know, cartoons or hell, do you know that you could take photography and then take pictures of hot looking guys for book covers? Any of that stuff was discussed. (laughs) I know as a potential career, you know, versus the traditional teaching and, you know, doctors and lawyers, which is is great, but I would have gotten here a lot quicker. (laughs) Uh, yes. I think many of us would have gotten here a lot quicker and we were uh, aware of these potentials, but I'm glad that she told you that and that you really took the time to look into that. Well, and I think it found me, it just found me at the right time. You know, I mean, I don't know if I would have been ready for this years ago. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of a perfect storm for me. Yeah. I love how you, you said, and I thought it was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a misconception. It's such a misconception and that it's like, oh, it's easy. And I'm like, ah, no. First, I mean, I think it's uh, Sean Pratt that says that, you know, get into the booth, into your closet and stay there for eight hours reading out loud. And if you still like it, come see me next day kind of right. a thing. And it's just one of those where people, you know, automatically think, oh, I've been told I have a good voice or I've been told I have a sexy voice. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, no, dude, there's a lot more to it. There yeah. is. Yeah. And like, I knew I had to perform because I'd listened to books and I really liked the books where there was performance and not just reading out loud because that's not what we're doing. We're not just reading out loud. And so, I mean, I started with the performance and, but my technique wasn't quite there. It was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't nearly what I do now. And even what I do now, there's always going to be room for improvement. So, um, yeah, but I was, oh God, and it's not just stay in a room for or a closet for eight hours, stay in a room for eight mm-hmm. hours recording when it's 90 degrees outside and you have to have your air conditioner turned off. Yeah. Then tell me if you want to do <laughs> audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a running joke when people are like, so give me your top five reasons why you love being an audiobook narrator. And everybody's like, I get to wear my PJs or choose not to wear clothes. There's a reason for that because <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> Unless you're going live, uh, like video live on TikTok or social media, then you probably should have some clothes on. That That is, yes, that is highly suggested because um, otherwise illegal. And um, then you'll get banned and that's just a pain in the butt. So, uh, you know, you for, for sure. That is true. Especially lately. You're like, mm, anyways. <laughs> ah, people think book world does not ha- doesn't have a lot of controversies but there's a lot of things in book world that you know are awesome and fantastic and then other things that you're going really okay anyway. i think you're gonna find that in any kind of community that, you that is in. true really that is- i mean yeah so mm-hmm. yeah i've i've at first i thought it was just maybe a certain thing but then i've you know uh, analyzing and remembering like like no a day job has very similar stuff and that you know i've heard other things and in talking to other friends are like no yeah we have something similar too and i'm like oh okay well there's not that common denominator so all right looking at the positive then (laughs) (laughs) so you've been doing this for about a year now what in your process has changed from when you first started narrating to now when it comes down to like prepping and you know once you've been cast okay so do you want the the truth truth um yeah yeah, this is the truth truth podcast hello (laughs) um so the truth truth uh the first thing and this this changed way earlier but like my first two books I think I didn't 
I didn't prep them at all. Yeah. I had a lot of communication with the authors and I got like pretty much everything I needed to know about the characters, but I did this like thing where I was like, I'm discovering as I'm narrating, isn't it fun? And it was, it was fine. And I didn't run into any, like, and he had a Russian accent. Oh, damn it. Like I didn't run into any of that. Okay. But um, one of the biggest reasons I didn't, and this is like a, like a sorry excuse, but I didn't have any kind of like an iPad or anything like that to like sit and to like highlight the dialogue and things like that. When I first started, I was using my Adobe like reader next to my audacity, like, you know, (laughs) on my screen, like split half and half. And it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't really good. But then once I got my iPad, I was so stoked and I felt super professional because I'm like downloading PT like PDFs onto my, I annotate and (laughs) uh, using my finger because I didn't have a cool pen because who's going to pay a hundred dollars like, I mean, the, the pens for my particular device are super expensive unless yes. you go on Amazon and you find stuff that's compatible for like $20 instead, which I ended up doing. But um, so prepping definitely uh, from the very beginning to now has changed. But the biggest change in the last couple months, because I went through coaching with Elise Arsenault and the great audiobook adventure, and there's a lot of information there about tracking what you do. I'm tracking like all the books uh, that I have. So I have a project board and it has all the information about the book, who I'm narrating with, how much it's going to pay. I've got a spreadsheet that tracks all of my time in the booth. So I, I narrate in sprints and then I, I write down how long the sprint was, how much audio I got recorded. And I can also keep kind of like an average of how quickly it takes me to record a certain amount of finished audio. Um, so tracking and keeping those spreadsheets that has really upped my game and helped me stay more accountable, I think. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure for scheduling purposes, you know, knowing if you can take on a project or how many projects to take on is going to help significantly because. And I'm the kind of person where I like, I don't want to say no. And so if someone's like, here's a book, I want to be like, oh, thank you. No matter if I can take it or not. <laughs> so this has really helped me visualize like, no, 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 you can't take that. You think you can record a 10 hour book in three days. You're wrong, Michelle. Don't do it. And so um, <laughs> it's, it's helped me with that. So, yeah, that's, that's a, a, I think a freelancer's worst nightmare is having to say no to a client with, because there's always that added fear of, well, they may not come back or I won't get any more work and stuff like that. But it's something that I always talk about like it's not saying no it's saying I'm fully put at the moment I have this window available and most of the times it works out otherwise you know you just say well I have another narrator that you might be interested in that may have availability and then you know scratch their back they scratch yours so I just had an issue like like literally right before I got on this with you (laughs) I had this happen I was expecting from my first like quote-unquote big publisher Mm -hmm. um I was they contacted me and said hey like I had just gotten referred to them and then they come back two days later and they're like, we have a book for you. Send me the first five minutes. And so I did. And I said, I can't meet your deadline, but I can do this instead. So let me know if it works. And they said, cool, we'll send this to the other, um, the author, they'll approve your sample and then we'll move forward. Well, I hadn't heard in a week. So I, I contacted them today and I just said, Hey, just following up. And they said, Oh yeah, well, yesterday we found somebody else to do the book, which it's fine because, you know, first of all, I wasn't able to meet their original deadline. But also, um, you know, that's the nature of the world that we live in. So I, I didn't get it. And I was kind of like, oh, man, you know, you feel kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> but 
the truth is, I was really trying to push things around to make that happen. I didn't want to say no to my first quote unquote big job. And I was really excited. It would have been such a fun book and different than what I'm used to, which I was really excited about. But the truth is, is that I've been already super booked right now, like almost uncomfortably. So doing it would have been, it probably would have snowballed into something horrific. Plus, apparently at my son's daycare, there's COVID going around. Oh boy. He's being careful. And I'm like, oh my God, if he has to come home and I have to watch him, I can't record. And I'm all, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. blessing in disguise she said you know we'll we'll keep you in mind for our next project and you know no worries and I believe them I don't think they're just blowing smoke and oh uh, no no they have a uh you know the the one thing is I I do wish is like since it I always see the big publishing house like fortune 500 companies it would be nice to get the email saying I didn't get the job so I can you know not unlock that block of time that I provided you with but they're they're always going to come back and say, hey, you know, someone, you know, we have another book and things like that if you're the right fit. But it's scary, especially when it comes down to those big publishing houses. But what I don't like is that sometimes, you know, you don't ever want to have you guys have to change your schedule around because of a big publishing house, because it's like, well, you already have these other authors that really, really want you guys. Yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, and this is something that I kind of thought of or dealt with for a while, but I've, I've started to reframe my mind. I was like, oh, I really want to get with publishers, publishers, publishers. And I started to kind of uh, work more towards that and not, or not even work. Well, I've always worked with indie authors, um, but I just kind of was focused more on publishers. But the truth is, is that a, a book is a book. And especially if they're paying you your rate, I mean, why, who cares where the book is coming from? If you like it and that's what you want to do, then just go for it. Um, I think the benefit of, you know, doing something with a publisher would be, I, I feel like there's a little bit more of a, a sure thing. Well, a little bit more of a sure thing of like, okay, they, they're doing this. So they're, they've got a skin in the game. Sometimes authors depend like indie authors, depending on um, their situation, you know, something might come up. And so things can get delayed a lot easier. They're on less of a schedule. I think that there's that. And also SAG-AFTRA, you know, you can, if you're part of the SAG-AFTRA, uh, you can get your pension and your health and your bonuses and all that fun stuff if you're working with publishers. But yeah, uh, little lots of nuances in many different directions. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm, I have, I'm looking at the rest of my, uh, my calendar. I've got 11 more books scheduled for this year so far. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but like, this is the thing. So, but half of them are publishers, half of them are indie. Right. And uh, is this going to sound like a humble brag? I hope it doesn't. Cause it's, you know, every, I know some people who are like, Oh, where's my next book coming from? Um, I've had the opposite problem. Um, where books are kind of always at my disposal at the moment. And I know that there are dry spells and, you know, periods of abundance. So I'm just kind of like, you know, but I mean, when I first got the offer from the publisher that I ended up not getting the job for, but I was like, guys, my narrator buddies, I was like, my worst fear has happened. (laughs) I reached out and they gave me a book. And now I don't know if I should say yes or not because my schedule's so full. And like, it's, it's... I don't know. It, it is, it's a different kind of thing. Cause like, I'm, I'm afraid of success and I almost didn't reach out to these publishers because I was afraid that they would offer me a book and I'd have to say no. Oh. And, and again, that, that fear of like, Oh, they're not going to want to hire me because the first book they gave me, I said no. And, um, and so, yeah, I've had like a super big fear of success um, 
in my career uh and I, and I don't know why it's just oh. I think it kind of translates to my life if I'm honest well honestly uh, it's also part of welcome to the lovely world of imposter syndrome <laughs> <laughs> we're best friends but I really don't like her hanging around I know I'm right like get out of my house <laughs> um so yeah that's it's that's what I struggle with like all the time and um, you know, some people that I work with are like, oh, you're doing such a good job. And, and sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't see what you're seeing. And I have to remember, like the one thing I like about uh, working with Elise and her group with like mentors in the community that she's built is that they're like, you know what, if you're feeling like that, celebrate every little win, celebrate that you got this much time done in the booth today, celebrate this finish, you know, every little thing. And when you do that, you start to realize that you're actually really doing a lot and, and, and it kind of kicks that imposter syndrome's ass for a little while, which is really nice. So yeah, I like the community that I've kind of um, cultivated around myself. Good. Yeah. No, that's so important because you, we have that imposter syndrome and we have the, what we could have done differently. Do you know that mm. I have the, also the thing, like, it's always my fault. Like, what did I do? Yeah. You know, did, I, did I piss someone off? Oh my God. And I, I have had to try to, I say try, try to unlearn that, that, mm. you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt of like, well, they pretty, pretty much got a little busier. I will then shoot them that email saying, Hey, I haven't heard back. Cause again, imposter syndrome plus the, Oh, it's always my fault. I did something wrong at, on there. And to have that community to just yeah. go snap out of it. <laughs> It's so needed. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. 100%. And like the people that are around me right now are just like choice and I love them all so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really thankful for the community that I found. Yeah, no, uh, the, the book world as a whole is great. Um, and you know, the audiobook community as well. And then you kind of get into those little subgroups of like romance, you know, romance listeners and readers and those that are into sci-fi and stuff and everything they're they have this great energy about them and they're so excited about these books and yeah. that's the, the the best thing I, I love it when I see authors and the narrators excited about a project that they're working on I automatically add that book to my list oh my yeah. god <laughs> so like okay the romance community is something else but there's also there's subgenres within that community oh yeah and so I if before I started narrating if you look at my bookshelf, it's a lot of YA. There's some like thrillers, um, and like very specific thrillers, uh, but like uh, lots of nonfiction and some literary fiction, historical fiction. That's where I that's where I read. And then all of a sudden, I'm reading about you know wolf shifters and <laughs> I'm reading reverse harem, and I'm just learning so many things. Not that I was like a prude and didn't know about stuff, but just you're just like, oh my god, you can write about that. Oh my god. I didn't know that people liked that. I thought I was the only one. And, and so it's just such a weird discovery kind of situation. And now most of my catalog so far um, is, is romance of various kinds. And like, it's so weird because, so I just did a book, uh, two books for Pink Flamingo. Uh, It's part of a trilogy and uh, it was for the author Beatrix Hollow and oh my God, so it's so good. Oh my God, I get so excited. <laughs> um, so it was the first book that I ever did uh, for, for a publisher and it was monster smut. And I was like, whatever, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm like, nothing's going to shock me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it shocked me because one of my best friends is a, is a monster smut author, but um, 
you just don't know what you're into until you read it and an author tells you to. So I, I don't talk to authors like about like, um, you know, the audiobook itself. Like I don't say, oh, what about this? And do you like this sample? Like that, all that stuff goes through the publisher. But I will tell them, holy shit, I just read this and you are a fucking genius. Like, I, <laughs> and like, I never knew that I wanted some ancient witch doctor guy who's been locked in a cave for 300 years and is now some kind of a sludge form, possess a feet. Like I never knew I wanted a sludge man to physically possess the female main character. And, and, and like when he, oh my God, like he leaves her body at one point and then he ends up coming back in, but like he makes her beg for it and he doesn't come in the way he did before he comes in some other Oh wait. And you're just like, I did not know I wanted this. And so I get so excited. I was like, Beatrix, you're a fucking genius. I love this book. And so now I fangirl so hard over her books. Um, I just and, and she made Mothman sexy. Like, who does that? Oh gosh. Oh yeah. my god. You're so good. Romance is is an umbrella term with all these subgenres underneath it. And there's even subs to subgenres under there because you know you have PNR and then within that PNR you have some of the Omegaverse and then you have some of those other monster stuff. I, a few, God, it's been almost a year. The whole concept of blue aliens, you know, kind of came up and with multiple pieces and parts and everything, and it was like, what, what? There's such yeah. a thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, there is. <laughs> not only that but you can find other people who are like yes i think this is yes amazing. and yes. you're just like oh my god can we be best friends mm-hmm. I, like, <laughs> there's I, but i like that and i think that there some people might look at this and think like oh everybody's just reading a whole bunch of porn or whatever and i mean yeah that's pretty much what it is but i mean I, nothing wrong with it, it. Erases shame i think and there's yeah. so much shame around like things that you think are not because you can think something is sexy or be into something in a fictional way, but understand that one, in real life, maybe it's not even possible, but two, that if it were to happen to you in real life, that it could actually be like truly traumatic, but in a fictional world, it's safe. And and that's why I think that this stuff is so, I mean, talk to most women or, or and, a, and a lot of men or, or anybody who identifies as a woman, and they're going to say that if you ask them if they've, if they've experienced any kind of trauma around themes and romance, you're going to most likely get a yes. I mean, everybody's experienced something, which is really sad, but I think that's why we like what we read because it's a way to experience some of that in a way where we feel like we're in control when in life we might not feel that way. Yeah, no, a lot of it comes about the control they're choosing. Um, that's also why sometimes there's a lot of people that are sex workers or work in the sex industry mm-hmm. And they have been sexually abused. And when asked, and because everybody's like, but why would you do that? You know, considering your history. And it, it comes up where it's a matter of controlling the narrative and controlling when things happen, how things happen. And it's the same thing with the listeners and the readers that, you know, there's curiosities, there's individuals that have had some of the trauma and that, that has occurred in the book, but they are in a safe place where they can controlled the narrative and yeah. what, and when it's occurring and things like that yeah it's a very broad community and uh, i love it because it will provides something for anybody yes 100 percent. yeah and there's a lot more there we haven't even discovered that's out there 
<laughs> can't wait to see the next weird thing. I, well, oh my God. It's fine. I won't, I won't. <laughs> this, the, one of my, one of my friends who does the monster smut, she, she is doing some crazy stuff and, and, and I'm just like, girl, I want to see everything you do because this is just like bananas. And anyway, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to promote like everybody that I work with, but it's still like very exciting stuff that I'm no, seeing. We, we're all here about discovering. Cause that's the thing when it comes down to I've, one thing I have noticed that when it comes down to the listeners and the readers, once they find something, they kind of stick to it. Yeah. And it's part of that whole, like, I know that, that I'm going to get something good. And so yeah. some then discovering another or, or, you know, the new to me, you know, like I'm going to try something new while they're all for it when it comes into a book, you know, as far as part of the story goes, <laughs> um, when it comes down to trying a new narrator and, or a new author, people are a little bit finicky. Part of it is because it is a financial, you know, thing that you're, you're, you know, you're getting the money to, to try the, the new book. Um, loss of the time that's an investment. And so I think having these conversations and hearing how excited you are about this monster smut, you know, it, oh my it, God, I never thought in a million years. Yeah. It, it will pique people's curiosity and go, so it was, um, Beatrice hollow, right? Okay. And oh a la Google. Yes. <laughs> and like, so well, and we're going to talk about upcoming projects, I think later, and I can get to this author that I'm talking about, but I, I, yeah, there's so many cool projects that are coming up. But if you would have said, Michelle, do you think you're ever going to narrate Monster Smut? I would have been like, I don't know. Shifters are kind of a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and now here I am. And yeah. uh, a whole new world has opened up to me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, a lot of, again, it's, it's uh, a lot of people when they enter the being an, um, a narrator, they think it's going to be one thing. And then mm. they enter romance land. And then they start seeing all the variety of, you know, different genres and that you can go anywhere from the sci-fi and the fantasy and the high fantasy stuff to the, you know, fade to black stuff. So you, you kind of use a lot more of your imagination and the, mm, that's spicy. And then, oh, that's spicy and steamy. And then it just kind of goes the gamut on the opposite side of the spectrum where yeah. you're going, hmm, that's just verbal porn. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. And that's okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have, I, there's a series I'm working on. Um, it, it, it's not out on audio yet. We're, we're doing some proofing and stuff in the background right now, but um, it's called something wicked by Sean Kynwin and her name is it's S I A N. So it's not spelled the way you think, but the, the series is kind of, <clears throat> I don't, I don't mean a joke in a, in a, in a way, but like she, she is purposefully writing this series with as much smut and as little plot as possible oh complete erotica well yes but like she she has this uh this thing she calls smut by volume and she literally takes the word count of her book and divides it by the number of uh the words that are pure smut and comes up with the percentage and the first book was like 64 something percent pure smut and then the second book it was like 60 68 something and then she's like, I'm writing more because I want it to be 69.69%. And she wrote more <laughs> words just to get that percentage. And it's like, it's, oh my God, it's so much fun. But I got to say, it is hard narrating this series because the poor main character, her name is Lexi. And this is all first person. There is no other, um, there's no other narrator who's doing these books with me. And I have to keep up that sexual energy because she is almost constantly in a situation where that is happening or the anticipation of that is, is occurring. 
And to keep up that kind of energy in your voice is like exhausting, but so much fun. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Sean, Sean is, Sean is so funny. She is, she's just so funny. And she embarrasses me all the time when she talks about listening to me uh, narrate her book. But anyway, I digress. Well, I think sometimes when the authors develop a relationship with the narrators and they know that they're going to be part of that series um, or they're going to continue to work with it because it's part of a series, whether the, the narrator changes because it's different, uh, you know, couples per book or not. Um, I think the author purposely goes, hmm, hold my beer. And they, yes. you know, try to add does. something. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, she did. She did. So this is... You said you said this is an 18 plus podcast, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. So she she made a video a while back when she was proofing the first book and she just made a video and she goes, I just wanted to let you all know that Wicked Opportunity audiobook is coming much like me after I listened to chapter four. And then she tagged me in it and I was like, stop it. You did not just say that. You were, you did not. What just happened? Like, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. I think I saw your reaction video on TikTok and I'm going, oh ah, welcome to the lovely world of being loved and adored. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, but it's just kind of funny into me. And yeah, anyway, yeah, I, it, I love my authors. I work with so many great people. Yeah. And they run the gamut as far as personality. So you'll have, and most of them tend to be pretty good as introverts, but others are introverts with a splash of you know, I'm going to embarrass you in public because I love you or the, you know, hold my beer or like, I'm fine with talking about sex and how good this is and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, 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 it's a fun community um, when you find in that right group and yeah, it's, it can be lots of fun, but you've been doing this now for uh, like the year and you've already landed in this world. So I'm, I'm guessing you're not blushing a whole lot anymore. <laughs> oh, you- it depends. Uh, I have so much fun. <laughs> I, I was on live. Um, I've been on live for the last week recording a book I'm doing um, for Temperance Dawn called Haunting Lexi. And it's not as, um, I wouldn't call it spicy. It's steamy. And there is a scene where it's very like, you know, words that are going to get me kicked off TikTok are used and I have to like pause my live. But I'm reading this and I have an audience and there's like two or three people who listen to me pretty much all day, like while they're at work. Mm. And so I get into my own head and I, I I comment on my own narration, even if people weren't watching me. And and especially since they're here and I have to worry about if TikTok's going to kick me off or not, <laughs> I start to giggle and I start to get really like squee and really excited about what I'm reading. And like sometimes the guy will say something um, like, uh, so there was a scene where the the female was drinking some wine and she was like, oh my God, this tastes so good. And he leans into her and he goes... I hope that's not the only thing that you thought you were going to be tasting tonight. And so then I paused and I just go, I can't believe he just said that. Like I knew he was going to say that, but I just I squeed because I'm pretty much in love with the main male character in this book. <laughs> but when he, like I said it as him, but then I had to stop and just be like, Oh my God, that was so hot. And then move on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wear, you're wearing many hats, you're voicing the characters, you are, you know, and but you're also like the, 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 the narrator and, and, you know, so you're, you're the character at the moment in time, you're voicing the characters as a narrator, you're also a fan. And yeah. it's like, wow. So it's like all that at once. You're like, okay, I've seen some of those lives that you've done on TikTok while you're narrating. And I'm like, 
how do you do that? Because I am personally not a fan of cameras. I prefer to much be behind the cam, you know, behind the lens and stuff like that and, and, and photograph you guys and video you guys, for an example. But to be there in the mic saying some of the things that you're saying oh man, yeah. and to a live audience, you know? Yeah, well, even in the booth when I'm by myself, I, I have moments where I'm just like, oh my God, what did I just read? That was amazing. And yeah, it gets... <laughs> And I love, I came to this realization like last week, I love being the male character in those scenes where it's getting really passionate because of the things that they have to say. And, you know, I, I'm like, I get real close to my mic and I'm like, good girl. And I'm just like, oh, geez, that sounds good. I love that. And I get really excited. And it's like, I guess (laughs) I, I like, I love my own voice. I don't know. I, but I don't know if that makes me weird, but I like that. <laughs> no, um, I think that right now, probably the weird thing was, was like, damn, that's hot. Um, <laughs> that, well, and, that wasn't me. That was um, Dante from a different book. That wasn't me. That was. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. I think that many times there are a lot of, of female narrators that have really good guy voices when it comes down to that that range, whether, you know, it's like getting closer to the mic, those techniques that they've learned and also lowering the voice. And that's one of the things, too, that we're all like. I am a straight woman and I'm totally crushing on Michelle for her guy voice. Even though we know it's, it's, it's like, we know it's a character. We know that it's you, but we're going, damn girl, you're hot. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, It's, it's, it's my voice and you're falling in love with Dante. That's what it really is. But yeah, it's, it's really fun. And it's kind of bizarre because I'm, I'm, I'm entering into, I'm doing my first duet book coming up. Ooh. I don't get to do any of the male voices. No. Ooh. And it's going to be so weird. Now, the guy who's doing the male voices is like, oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> which is so weird to say, because like, I work with this person as a professional and, and like, you know, it's like, you're just like, hi there, let's talk about the book and everything's super professional. But of course, when you listen, you're just like, oh, good. You are good at your job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> it's just weird because. Uh, especially if I'm going to do it live and I did get permission to do that. Ooh. It's going to be just, you know, Oh boy. I'm not going to be able to say any of the dude's lines. And so anybody listening is going to be, first of all, they're going to be missing on some sexy lines, but also they're not going to know what's happening, which is going to be so <laughs> weird, but apparently lots of people do uh, narrate their duets live. Even if the other person isn't there, because you don't have to do it with the person like on zoom or something, you can do it completely separate. And then the magic happens in the editing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was encouraged by the author to, to do it for her reading group and, and on a discord server. I was like, I'll do it, but they're not going to know what's happening unless they got the book in front of them. Cause <laughs> I'm not reading the guy's lines. It's going to be so weird. Yeah. I, I think, but also it kind of provides people with an idea of what that looks like. Cause even though it's been, you know, it's been around for a while, duet narration and multicast is still relatively new. Mm. And a lot of um, listeners don't know how they feel about that because they sometimes even just a switching of the POV between the male and the female narrator, even though the voice are consistent for that one chapter, then they have to then go, oh, okay, now the guy's reading. And there's an adjustment, but I love duet narration. It's to me, it's like watching a show and and like an old fashioned radio thing, but I I can totally picture it. And I enjoy it more, I think, simply because it allows me to distinguish the voices significantly better when there are multiple characters in the room having dinner together, which I think the authors do that on purpose. (laughs) And 
there oh god in the book that i am about to do um after i finish this one there are some things that the male says and i really think that even in my deepest male voice it sounds so much better coming from them mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so but the, i've never listened to a duet i've heard like samples oh. but i've never listened to a book fully that way um, and I can see how like um, audibly it might be a little off-putting at first, but I think when you start a new book, even with a new narrator, yeah, it's a little like, mm, mm, that's I don't in know. The waters. Yeah. So it just takes you a minute to settle in. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's just about suspension of belief and just saying, okay, this is the world I live in. This is how they sound. Let's do this. Yeah. So. I, I love duet when specifically when there is a, when the story includes a hero and a heroine that banter a lot and they have that dialogue, it's a little hard to interrupt yourself when you're doing all the narration, right? Or you're having to, um, you know, doing the, the one chapter and things like that. When it's duets, that magic happens and you're going, oh, 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 okay. Now he's doing, oh, oh, what, what, what smart compact is she? Oh, she said that. She said what she said, people. She you know? Did yeah. <laughs> And there's just that, especially that, because I love a strong, sassy heroine. Yeah. And when that dialogue is happening and it's in duet, you're like, oh, this is so perfect. Uh, and, and again, it works in duel. It really does. But there's a little bit of that mm factor that kind of gets just into that little bit more of a that top notch. I think, what it, what, I think what's going to make or break a duet, and this is my, my fear, is that I'm not going to match the energy of the person that I'm narrating with. And so the, the, the concern is like, you know, if they're reading and they're really like, I don't know, however, but you come in and you're like, man, really loud and kind of like a little bit more energy, it's going to sound off. And so trying to match that energy is going to be super important. Now I've worked with this particular narrator on another project before two other Mm -hmm. projects before. So I think that we kind of have an idea of how the other one narrates. So it'll be really interesting to see, um, how it all kind of comes together and 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 it's all about lines of uh, open lines of communications is like Mm. saying hey you know this is what I'm thinking about I I think it's a little bit more when it comes down to duets especially when those scenes may require in your you know eyes a little bit more of that energy just to say hey I'm doing this and it's going to be like really like haha and you know but also it could be that his character is like okay (laughs) And, and that that works Right. Um, but yeah, no, and that's also where the editor and the engineering works their magic and tune things correctly, where it fits perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited to see how this comes together. Yeah. No, yeah, it's always that. I think it's anybody's first with anything. If you get a little nervous and you're going, mm, how's this going to work? Yeah. Well, and I, I was messaging him the other day, just like, oh, I have, what about this and this? And I noticed this and I saw some lines that weren't highlighted that were yours. Cause um, we were really, I was really thankful that they actually prepped the script kind of for us. So like mm-hmm. um, all of the male lines in the female section were highlighted and all of the female lines in the male section were highlighted. So that was really nice. But I mean, <clears throat> some of them were missed. And I think that that's really, I've done that. I do it all the time when I'm prepping. So I was just like, I hope, you know, just telling him, I, I noticed some lines weren't, uh, you know, whatever. And he, I said, I'm sorry if I'm being annoying. And he's like, no, you're being super professional and, and, um, and meticulous. And I really appreciate that. So, you know, never be afraid to go to your co-narrator and say something because especially if they're willing to communicate back, uh, cause I know some people, um, aren't as communicative. Um, it's like, you know, t- t- 
run with that and then use it to your benefit so that the book will be the best it can be. Yeah. And I think that that's great that what you're doing too, because at the end of the day, you're also saving each other any potential pickups that you may have missed. Mm -hmm. And as a proofer, we appreciate that. And and, and yeah, and also as a, as a, as a script prep, I've done that. And yeah, the air is human. There's so many things. And also now authors are starting to write more with audio in mind. And so they'll remove those tags of she said, he said, and, or, or naming that, oh, you know, and Dante said this, or, you know, or Anthony said that. And oh. so sometimes you're trying to figure out, wait, who's talking and it's that's like, bam, bam, part. bam, bam. And so, yeah, uh, uh, you know, someone that's managing the script and, you know, typing stuff up just like yourself when your guys are doing it, something mm-hmm. can't be missed. Um, and that's okay. But the fact that you're reaching out and saying, hey, I, I saw that these weren't like highlighted. That's awesome. I, I know that if I was your co-narrator, I'd be like, I love you, Michelle. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but like, if you're working for a publisher and you're doing some kind of a duet or co-narration, you most likely are receiving like the the bonus of like for prepping because you're working with other people. So, you know, if you're not working with them, like technically you don't deserve that bonus. It's like you're supposed to talk to each other and then yeah. figure out what you're doing. Otherwise, I think that if you don't communicate with your co-narrator, it's gonna, you're gonna hear it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful. So far, I've had some really great experiences with my co-narrators. So I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. I think that one of the things that is said mostly the differences between working with um, small press or production companies that also publish audio or the working directly with the author who does everything from, you know, producing it to publishing versus a a top five is that you get more connectivity with those individuals when it's an indie or small press or, you know, working one-on-one. Whereas the big houses are starting to now realize that getting that information from the author, that there is a Russian accent and that this character that is just popping in chapter five is actually going to be the hero in chapter in, in book three. So don't give them a, a dork off kind of a voice because then you're going to be stuck with it. And it's well, how the industry grows and learns. I was told, so my, my coach, um, Elise said, you know, never, never give any character a voice like that. And I've, I've seen horror stories <laughs> of people who are like, well, this guy only shows up for five seconds. So they give him like a super deep voice that they really mm-hmm. couldn't carry. And then they find out a couple books later that that character is everywhere. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that we don't always know what's in book three because book three might not even be written yet. Mm-hmm. And so you have to just be careful. And nope. I, I'm, I'm not perfect. Okay. I have given people like, like uh, in, in some books I've done in the past, if there's ever a reporter, they almost always sound the same. If the reporters always sound the same because they're just there for a second and they're never going to be seen from again. But I, I'm like, what then I heard from my coach, like, don't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I have to really think about my voices a little bit more. So, but, but, but when it comes down to certain, you know, jobs in, in particular, like something like that, if the reporter is that scene is happening when they're live on TV. They all do that. They all sound like the professional and, and, and today, you know, alligators walking down the streets, you know, that cadence yeah. of, you know, Oh, that they're a reporter is so the same. I mean, that's even a, a meme on TikTok. <laughs> Thanks Vivian. Alligators are walking across the street. It is really hot here in Florida and unlike, yeah, it's just yeah. like, that's <laughs> exactly. what all my reporters sound like. 
but that's what they do. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's true. You know, that's that's good. It's different if you were saying, you know, when it comes down to like accents and you're characterizing it in Irish accents to sound like, you know, the Lucky Charms character uh, right. or French being Pepe Le Pew. That's mm-hmm. where you definitely want to not do stuff like that. But when it's specific, you know, spe- specific positions like, you know, news anchors and reporters that you can kind of get away. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. A little bit, but I'm, I'm, I've, I've learned the error of my ways in the past and I've really been trying to at least yeah. think someone to cast the character as. Um, so that's, that's one of the tricks that I've kind of learned. That's uh, really helped me with my voices. That's so. good. Yeah. A lot of uh, the narratives that I've spoken to have said that, that they'll cast them based off of an actor themselves or a character that the actor played in a movie and things like that. I had or even a, just like your sister, someone yeah. that you know. I mean, as yeah. long as you have someone in mind, mm-hmm. I think that's going to help with the characters. So. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, we were briefly there talking about the different accents and stuff like that. And so what accents do you love to perform? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I just started trying accents. I don't have any formal coaching. Um, I had this uh, project that I did, which ended up dead in the water, which kind of you know, whatever, because it had a lot of accent work and it was royalty share, but whatever. Um, I had to do something completely in uh, British. I had to narrate the entire thing in British. Um, The characters all had British accents. The main female was Cockney, which was, Mm -hmm. I did okay. Um, I guess the the British narration wasn't bad. And um, I I work with an editor when I'm doing indie stuff and uh, she and her husband, he's a narrator. She does uh, tech stuff for narration Um, and they're living in France, but they're from the UK. And so I said, guys, can you listen to this and tell me like, is this even passable? And they're like, actually, yeah, that doesn't suck. And I was like, thank you. That actually, (laughs) thank you. That doesn't suck from a native speaker makes me feel so good. Yes. Um, So the British one wasn't, uh, you know, I, I did okay there. Um, I had to do some Southern, which I'd like to, to work on my Southern a little bit because, you know, there's, there's Texas Southern, there's Alabama Southern, there's Savannah, there's, I mean, there's different types of country. (laughs) Um, and, but the hardest one that I had to try, I had to do an entire sapphic vampire romance taking place in Long Island. Oh God. And it was in first person. So it was like. Um, it was no surprise to me when the vampires came, we all knew like, and, and the whole thing was just that. And then at a certain point they go to France and the person who is speaking in a long Island accent has to say French things. Oh God. And I was like, Oh God, how am I? supposed? <laughs> she's not going to sound French. She's going to sound like a long Island person speaking French. And that was really hard. I made a video about that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is so difficult. Um, and I did the best I could. Uh, the, the author was happy with it. But the one that I just could not do was um, Cultivated Australian. Oh. I did my absolute best. But Australian is very difficult for me to do. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's one of the ones, the Australian and um, South African. And then um, another one in the in the european world but that's really hard um for a lot of people because it's easy to slip into another accent like australians people say that they work on it and then they slip into like a british accent 
Yes. If they maintain it. So yeah, it's, it's, well, the good news about like cultivated is it has a little bit of like a transatlantic, but also RP British. Mm. And, um, it's a little bit of a mix of that with a little Australian and, but I did. And so the British kind of gave me a little bit of leeway with the oh, accent, okay. but there were certain, there's certain vowels that you have to hit if you're oh, yeah. speaking an Australian accent mm-hmm. and I did my best. Um, <laughs> But it was it was really tricky, and I wasn't I I didn't know that those accents were going to be in the book at all. Um, and that particular character, they never mentioned where this character was from. They weren't in Australia. The author just told me this person's Australian. Like there was really no reason for the person to be Australian, is because it was a short story, um, and and there was no mention of the. <laughs> anyway, it was a whole thing. But I did it, and it, and the author again liked it and thought it was good. So. I think, you know, at a certain point, it, it is about suspension of belief. You're, you're going to listen to someone and say, okay, clearly this person is Midwestern or at least American. So they're trying to do an accent. It's not going to be a hundred percent. So we're just going to accept that this is the Australian accent we're dealing with this, in this world. But I'd like to get coaching on that in the future. Um, but the first thing I want to do is get coached on Scottish because I have a book coming up in November that's going to require some (laughs) and I can fake it for like a second, but it's really hard to maintain. And also the book, it it has all that like outlander, like really like I didn't Ken what you, and that's not Australian, but they'll say like, I didn't Ken, like, I don't know, or yeah, I I do not know. Yeah. I do not count. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh God. So I'm going to have to learn how to do that. And there's different operative words, like different emphasis that they put on their syllables and their, things it's it's not just the accent it's it's the way they deliver their words too yep and the cadence so, that they have it's a lot yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah accent work i want to do more but yeah. um yeah yeah i know definitely for the listeners it's an, enough to 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 for us to be able to say oh that's irish or oh that's scottish um yeah. i don't need to know that it's the tr- you know the scottish tribe of this in the Isle of, you know, right. <laughs> I think British is a little different because there are such a variety of the accents that we are already familiar with and known. And they're very geographically based. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. And when the book calls it out that, oh yeah. And her cognitive accent, you're going, fuck, so, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. we couldn't have just left it at British. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Or they're from upper Chelsea. They're from this, like, you're just like, well, I don't, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, anyway. But here's the funny, and, uh, and uh, I'm sure this will hopefully will make you feel better too. There have been two instances in which the review said, one was his British accent sucks. It's not realistic. You know, it completely ruined the book. And the narrator is actually was born and raised in London, in England, Brit- yeah. <laughs> British. And then the other one was, um, I couldn't even tell that he was Irish. It was such a fake, you know, delivery. And I don't understand how the reviews were saying that it's his Irish is so good. He is born and raised in Ireland. And right. yeah, so it, it's I'm like, well, these are the reviews these individuals are getting and they're from the place. But I think <laughs> sometimes people expect caricatures of accents. Yes, they do. And or a lot thicker ac- ones. Because some some accents aren't that strong. No. Um, and you know, especially like, and, and when you think about Ireland, uh, that's a good example, actually. Um, there are some people and you listen and you're just like, whoa, I don't, I, I don't gotta slow down. I can't follow you. But then some people, they sound maybe a little bit more, um, British, a little less, they have a little bit of a brogue, but not a lot. And 
it's just like, you know, but if, if people didn't have something they could start complaining about, would we even be in the same world? Like everybody needs something to complain about. And like, why not complain about your narrator's accent? I don't know. People are yeah. just, it's just the way that we are. But those are those moments where I'm going, he, he, he. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, Gary. <laughs> so your Irish accent sucks. He goes, don't get me started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I love I love Gary Furlong. He's awesome. Oh goodness! And uh, but yeah, it's one of those things that you know when it comes down to the world we live in, everybody has an opinion, and people love to stand in you know their soapboxes and or in front of the camera and deliver their opinion as if it's gospel and or the rule or the word. And it's like no, girl, it's coming a lot more often with the newer book talkers that have been going on for, and even the book uh, you know book lovers that are audio lovers too in the past maybe two and a half years. And the rest of us that have been here for eons are going, mm-hmm. just chill. There's more stuff for you to enjoy. Just enjoy it. Just relax. Oh Let enjoy it. <laughs> so just very vaguely, there was something that happened on Book Talk recently and it split the world apart and everybody had their opinion on it. Right. And I just, you know, you're just, you sit back and you're just like, Oh God. And, and at first you're just like, Oh God, guys, something's happening. And some of the, the veteran people are like, oh, don't worry about it. Like just, it's fine. And you're like, Oh God, but it's a thing. And they're like, it's not a thing. And then, and then it's not a thing. And you're just like, Oh, and I, I want to get to the point where I'm like, no, we've seen this before. Cause I'm oh, just yeah. so, I haven't seen things come and go. And so, you know, I just, <laughs> some of the narrators I was hanging with are just like, Michelle, just just save your energy it's fine everything's gonna be fine and I'm like but 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 yeah now, now I'm just like okay one day I'll be a wise old narrator and I'll say oh, <laughs> no this is not what we should be wasting our energy on let's focus on something different yes the alien that is abducted the heroine <laughs> yeah. much better time spent on yeah it's it's as someone that's been in the industry in various capacities from reviewer to book you know from book lover to the reviewer to the blogger to anything everything I do nowadays and I've been, I've been in it for over 10 years now um yeah it ebbs and flows and it goes back and comes back it's almost like the ocean that kind of goes away and then it comes back and, yeah yeah and, and things like that and then there's always those fewer or in-betweens that they're the very loud mouth ones and you're going it's okay honey let's talk in about on three more months when oh that's right you're not here anymore and <laughs> i mean like it's just even with just like things like um people like audiobooks aren't reading and that that argument maybe it never dies oh no ebb and flow and um you know and at a certain point you're just like guys just it, you're not going to convince the other people that it is or it is like just just do you just do you for the record audiobooks are reading in my opinion I agree I agree (laughs) because you're still consuming the same you know thing it's just in a different medium yep and so absolutely but it's just like and I think most people in the audiobook world would agree with me on that one and also remember a lot of people think that anal sex is not technically sex you know (laughs) because it doesn't go through the you know when it comes down to straight you know relationships and they're like or like a bj or an oral kind of thing it's not really sex well I haven't had sex but I've given blowjobs and I'm going honey it's the same thing just different body parts yeah yeah so yeah it's it's, well 
it's because people like to feel like they're part of a group and they don't want to think, you know, you don't want to feel like other people are, are coming in on your group and, um, or you, maybe you don't want to be a part of a group yet. And so that's why they say, well, I've done everything, but, and so uh, it's just, people just want to belong in some way, shape or form and take pride in certain things. And at a certain point to, to a certain point, you have to say, okay, mm-hmm. just, okay. Yep. It's the it's the lynch mom mentality sometimes in 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 like in any kind of world because it it really happens everywhere whether it's sports or entertainment Fortune five hundred companies it's that lynch mob joining the bandwagon mentality that I always have issues with the most and you know people now have the capacity to vocalize their opinions quite loudly. Um, Well, yeah, as long as we just it's like yeah, it's okay to disagree. Yeah, just just if you disagree, that's fine. That is completely fine. Let's just leave it there. Um, I, I don't like, I, I, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who, who does that. Like, I don't go after people. It's just like, okay, whatever. If you, if, you know, especially if it's something that I really don't believe in, it's like, okay, you know what? I just, that's fine. And, and you just move on because I, I, I'm at a point in my life. I feel so old when I say that, <laughs> but like, I'm at a point in my life where it's just like, you know, okay, fine. What? Okay just let's move on. I don't have the energy to spend on this right now. So let's oh, yeah. just move forward. Um, yeah. And honestly, that's a really beautiful place to be. I, yeah. I just don't want to have to spend my energy on, on that kind of stuff. Well, there's, especially when there's so many better ways to spend your energy. <laughs> and, sure. and we like have working. So- yeah. Oh my God. And, and I know that sounds so horrible, but like, uh, you know, when news comes up, uh, you know, you hear terrible news, any news, uh, cause geez, just turn on the news. Um, and if I focus on that, my entire day is gone. It's like, just focus on your booth. You are in this little tiny space in your apartment right now. Focus on that first. Get your work done. Don't let the outside world in, impact that. And one thing that I, I learned um, during the last round of bad news that came through nationally, I was just, I, it did ruin me for a couple of days. And I saw that one way to practice self-care is to maintain your routine. And I never really thought about it that way. So I was like, okay. And that's when I really was like, Michelle, you're showing up in your booth every single day that you're like, basically I work a nine to five more or less in my booth um, Monday through Friday. And so I said, every, every weekday you are in your booth and you are working. And, and I've done that for the past several weeks and it's really, it's really helped. And I've tried to avoid um, like being on TikTok live, for example, I'm not checking my phone all the time. You know, I'm not checking the news. I'm not checking other things. I'm just focused on what I'm doing. And so it's really helped maintain just that little sliver of sanity that I need to hold <laughs> on to in a world that is ever crumbling around us. Yeah. I always say something to you. I have the little sanity that I have left. I'm holding on to it for dear life. So I'm going to mute and block certain individuals and stuff like that. And I'm going to come over here and, and have my happy place where I'm either jamming to the music as I'm typing up a review or prepping a script or listening to you guys when you're doing a live and, the, and like, what book was that again? Um, or right. talking to you guys like now, you know, like completely overbooked myself with you guys, but I, I love it. I, I love being able to connect, uh, you know, with individuals and have these conversations and get to know you guys. And, and in this case, you're going to be in Allure in September. Yes. So I'll get to meet you. <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Yeah. This is your first event, like a book signing, right? Yeah. And it's really weird because I only have, if you go to my audible, I only mm-hmm. have five books out. 
And they're all books that weren't professionally done. (laughs) And so I'm just like, I'm waiting for my published books and my books that I've worked with an editor on to go through because I have, I think I did the math. I have six books that are just kind of in the wings right now and haven't dropped yet. And so I'm hoping that they do start to drop before Allure. I mean, people know me because of TikTok and stuff. And I'm sure I'll meet people who don't even know who I am. And with my upcoming projects, you know, I think a lot more people are going to know who I am, which is uh, both exciting and terrifying. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I'm scared because I haven't been to a big event at all in like two and a half years. Same. Uh, And I barely get out of my house anymore (laughs) because, you know, I work from home and I'm I'm scared to dress in a pretty ball gown because I haven't dressed in a nice thing since my wedding day. Like it's, 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 there's a lot of things that are going to happen, but I'm really excited too. Yeah. It's um, this will be the first event in that I've been to in since the pandemic hit. So it's been about two and a half years that I've done a a convention or anything like that. And so while I've been to many before Mm. it, it being the return to, you know, almost like, back to normal kind of thing it's 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 still very nerve-wracking because I have to people and it's almost like relearning a skill Mm. you know (laughs) but it's going to be I think so much fun because we do get to kind of meet you and get to know you guys on on social media for those that are on social media or through the authors when they're raving about the audio that they're listening to and we're going um tease and uh, (laughs) no fair and uh and how you know what what a great performance or oh my god the way that they did the character and oh my god the voice selection that they choose so we're like oh yeah we get so excited and really it's about connecting again you know it's like kind of getting like oh you're oh you're michelle i love your videos you know and and those moments too and then you'll also see some of the you know you'll recognize some of the you know listeners and you're going oh my god you're so-and-so and it's just that, or that even the other narrators I'll be yes watch your video but I, I might I mean it'll be like hi I really like your videos and I really like your books and <laughs> I mean yeah I mean I have my own people that I fangirl over right yeah no and that's okay I think that it's just a um, I always say that's totally okay with the caveat of like, you know, gotta be respectful of, you know, people's boundaries and, mm. and you don't want to get too like, in some cases it's, it's a little creepy, but when you're right. in an environment like that, it's, it's expected. And you're going to see people that have, you know, hundreds of books under their wings that they've done years of narration. They will be fan, you know, into, you know, being a fan to other narrators and authors and listeners and readers. And you're going, ah, oh, Okay they're doing it. I'm good. <laughs> like the first time I, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not name dropping just cause I don't know how, but the one um, co-narrator that I was talking about where I'm talking and communicating back and forth about our duet, he was, he's been so sweet. And the first time I ever really got a hold of him to ask him a question, I was like, Oh God, cause I didn't know who he was, but apparently my, one of my narrator friends was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing a book with him. He's amazing. <laughs> and so then I got nervous. Um, of and so I, I was just like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, but then he ended up saying something like, oh, my God, no, this is totally fine. And I love watching your Instagram stuff and your TikToks. They're so funny. And it's just I'm so happy to work with you. And I was like, oh, stop. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was just, I, and I don't think he was fanboying over me, but like I just, you know, it was just so nice of him to say like anything about like 
it's an appreciation. Yeah, you. it's an appreciation and an acknowledgement of what you've been doing and what you've yeah. done, and that you're being seen because that sounds like a part of the imposter syndrome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say who it is because I'm not saying nothing but nice things about this person. Yeah, I'm like, I'm okay. curious as hell. I'm like, who's this nice person? I want to know. It's Gregory Salinas. Oh yeah. Um, he's like the nicest freaking person ever. I did the Myths and Monsters book with him and Jay Alder. And then um, I'm doing this duet with him, with uh, Gregory coming up here. I'm going to start it this week. I'm very excited. Um, so, but yeah, he's just been nothing but nice. And, uh, you know, he communicates back and I like, so yeah, shout out to Gregory for being a good co-narrator. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really, again, having that relationship with your co-narrator and being able to jive is fantastic. And I think that yes. at the end of the day, sometimes, it helps make the book at, you know, to the listener a lot better when there's those open lines of communications and people are appreciative of each other and things like that. And it, and it works with any line of business, really. Well, I don't know yeah. how the, the industry works in this, but I would imagine that if, if people really like a, a pair of narrators, that they might be requested again as a, as a, as a pair. And so it's, it's likely that you might you know, work with the same co-narrators multiple times just because people like the way you sound together. That that does happen a lot, depending on 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 the the balancing of the voices and stuff like that. And if the of course if they're good for the characters. But yeah, those those kind of you know partnerships develop and mm-hmm. it's it's fun because then you guys kind of play off one another and then you're you know I also like it when one of the narrators is always, you know, getting on there like, Hey, I'm about to get this book and I'm, and I'm co-narrating it with the awesome so-and-so. And I'm like, I love it when they do that, you know, kind of sharing the love of their yeah. co-narrators. Cause especially when it's the guys doing it. Cause I will say, because the majority of the listeners and the readers and romance are straight women, we tend to kind of go more gaga over the guys and sometimes leave the ladies in the wind or not as standing over them. But there's always, you know, that's, try to redirect and we're going the girls are probably doing a lot more of the work and because first of all i get it yeah yeah i mean again straight woman here i get it i yeah well and i i mean i i identify uh as like a a pansexual but i um you know as i just i love the male voice absolutely and the things that they say in romance books you're just like oh my god please i need more of that but it's so funny because like so far in the books that I've been cast in with male co-narrators, I always have more, even when they're like, it's a 50, 50 split. It's not really, it's usually more like 55, 60, 70% oh, yeah. of female. I think that we want to read from a female perspective because we can put ourselves in that shoes, yes. but we want to hear the males speaking, which is why I think duets and, and duels are so popular. But the truth is, is that like, um, you know, in the, in the book, I just, I just got pickups for a book um, for the Beatrix Hollow series. And I have five hours and 35 minutes of audio. Um, and then one of the other narrators had like one hour and something and the other one had two something. So they're not even combined as much as my part will be, but I guarantee you that even if people love my performance, they're really going to thirst after Jay and Gregory because they did such a good job. And it's just, uh, I, I don't, I see no problem with that because I mean, if they do a good job, like, of course they need to get the the praise for it. But yeah, I think that, um, that's why we did the femme takeover on TikTok recently to just like give a shout out to the women that are doing and, and, and female 
um, identifying people, the femme narrators, giving them a platform to show off their skill and be like, listen, we're sexy too. You know, we're strong and we're, we have good voices and we're doing a great job and we're bringing you this entertainment as well. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel threatened by it. I have plenty of people who come to me and they're like, Michelle, I think you're a great narrator. Um, it's not a threatening thing or anything like that or feeling like you, like the work won't be there, but it's the, because the, I, the yeah, it's just the, the part of the thirst and some of those, you know, the fandom and how they kind of go and focus more on the yeah. mail and they'll do the praise. Like this book was so good. Insert male narrator's name here. It did such a great job. Dude, he only did two fucking chapters. I'm not or saying he read the epilog. I mean, I'm not saying you're <laughs> wrong. He's in those two chapters, he was excellent. But, but over here did the whole fucking book. Right. Name her. <laughs> it's <laughs> Say tricky. my name. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think for authors, I mean, keep that stuff in mind when you're writing a book because audio is so popular and really, I mean even if it wasn't popular, it, it makes your book so much more accessible to other people who might not be able to read for any reason. Yes. Um, and so keep that in mind when you're writing, you know, think about um, what the audience wants. Think about the point of view that you're doing your, with your characters. Think about the split between the POVs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm not saying that to like, don't write out females or femme characters, please. Uh, we don't want just men reading audiobooks. <laughs> right. No, I think we want to know about the heroines. We want it because yeah. again, we insert ourselves in there, but um it's just uh, the well, theme, in the, romance. Yeah, the, but the, the ladies the and the, <laughs> yeah. But the the femmes need to be acknowledged uh for the work that they do with just as much, if not more, especially when they're doing the majority of the book. That, and just the, that shout out. That's all that is. It's like, oh my God, I love this book. And, you know, Michelle did such a great job, you know, her blah, blah, and blah. So did Gregory. And, and Gregory so did was- Yeah. And Gregory did excellent and blah, blah, blah. You know, usually, and it has gotten better. I will say it has gotten better, but there's still that bit of a disconnect. And so when you guys got together to do Femme uh, Day over on TikTok, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I only did a few. some people did so many yeah but it was it was I have to be the one thing about that was it was some people were coming to me like oh my god Michelle how many books are you doing and I'm like these I only read from one book that I'm actually about to record the rest of them were just suggestions from authors that I don't work with so I was like I, I'm not doing these books I was just reading them for a, the femme day but um but it was still really fun and and I like doing it because I did read a lot of romance and like strong sexual females, which I really liked or femme, I, I got to stop saying female, femme characters. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just, it'll be, it'll be nice to see more of that as we go forward. But I think that there are plenty of people who completely fan over the, 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 the female and, and female identifying narrators, plenty of them. It's just, they're not always thirsted after that's what mm-hmm. it is yeah so mm-hmm. no for real i mean again it's gotten a lot better um yeah. i mean because even in reviews sometimes it was like and gregory and i'm just greg i love you um <laughs> just using just your name yeah so that's we're just gonna use your name here right. like, oh he he did this and you know everything was great and everything and the book was great I'm like but what about the female narrative? so it's just like i said it's gotten better and i think that the more we talk about it and the more that we acknowledge that it happens to that and that we're, we work on it, just like learning and, and working on saying feminine instead of female. 
mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And, and, and asking for the pronouns and, and listening to, and then using those pronouns. Um, it, it's, it's an ongoing learning opportunity. And, and this is what all this is about. It's about having these conversations and 100%. Yeah. And just, you know, continuing to learn and everything that we do. And again, learning that maybe I had no idea that I wanted to listen to, to Monster Smut, you know? Give it a chance, guys. Now, Give it a chance. I know. So now we're going to, we're going to include that oh, information. No. Oh, God, I need to stop being so like infatuated with Beatrix, but um, not only is it just like sexy because you're not expecting some of the things that she writes, she writes beautifully beautifully because sometimes you read a book and the writing might not be um you know poetic or anything like that but it's still very entertaining and super hot right but her writing for me was just very I mean there was there was a line and I had to just stop and appreciate the line that she wrote and I literally in my booth I was by myself and I was just in awe of how she wrote what she just did and I can't I'm not going to find it now I wish I would have prepared it but um, she just, she writes so well. So it's not just like, oh, let's, let's watch people who are monsters, get it on. It's so much <laughs> more than that. So that's one of the reasons I like her, her writing so much. Well, that's good. Cause there's a, there's a, there, I, I want to say there's almost like two camps of liter- listeners slash readers in that one are all for the, you know, the smut, the, the sexy, the spicy times. And they're, eh, it's okay. with the plot and the writing. And then others are like, no, I need a plot. I need to have a good writing style. I need character development and bonus when they're smutty and stuff like that. And so that's also where I think having the, you know, people share the love and, and you sharing that you loved her writing style and how yeah. she was using, it's fantastic. Cause I'm going, yeah, cause I'm the girl that I need to have a plot. I need to have a character development that I'm not in wanting to do the book just for the sex or the smuttiness or the steaminess of it all. You know, yeah. I want to spend my time to get completely entertained from that perspective. And then those that are looking for the smut, it's fantastic that they have something as well for it. And yeah, it's a, it's a lovely world that we live in where we can get everything we want. I'm an equal opportunity reader. Yeah. I, I won't read any of it. Sometimes I really want something that's that's just like really written like prose, you know, and just, but then sometimes I just want you to write it down and tell me what's happening. And and I want to, I want to be there for that. Like, when I read Sean's books, uh, it's just, it's, it's right there in your face there. And it's so entertaining to read and you, you read it and you're just like, Oh my God, I can't believe she's still alive. This girl should not be alive (laughs) after all this is happening to her. Um, but you know, you get so excited and just wrapped up in the, the smuttiness, I guess. But then, but then, you know, with, with something like Beatrix, you're just, you're investing in a different way and there's some, there's more pauses in between those moments. So, yeah, I mean, I value all kinds of different writing. It's, I think that it, it just depends on my mood. I'm a mood reader. Yeah. More and more of those, I think, are being defined as that way, as far as that goes. So it's good, too, that we're learning these different terms. Because mm. um, people were like, oh, I, just didn't, I didn't feel it. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't understand why I didn't like it. And I'm like, were, were you in the mood to read such a book? Oh, that's what that was. Yeah, you're a mood reader. And- so people who are like, this is my TBR and I'm going to get it done. No. I don't do that. I'm like, what book am I in the mood for? And that's my problem. But, um, but when I'm a narrator, I don't have a choice and I have to like, <laughs> you know, you, you're doing it because you have to schedule it. So you got to read it when you're supposed to read it. And so reading for pleasure is something that I don't really get to do as much. I mean, and I mean that in a, not that the books I, I narrate aren't enjoyable, but you know what I mean? When you yeah. get to read the book and it's, you know, 
Um, I recently read a book uh, that I just, I, it was really short, but I just fell in love with it immediately. And I was like, oh my God, this feels like chicken soup for my soul. It was so oh. good. Um, and I got to read it in a jacuzzi tub nice. on vacation in Williamsburg, Virginia. And it was so amazing to just be in that moment. <laughs> like my <laughs> heaven. So yeah, reading for pleasure is something I don't get to do as often, especially because I have a four-year-old son too. And so, you know, when I'm not narrating, I'm, you know, dealing with my kid or I'm, I'm doing other work for uh, my narration career. And it's just, <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I think that's, that's something too that happens in conversations. It's like, so what do you, you know, do you still now have an opportunity to read for fun? And most of the time the answer is not as much as I'd like to. Not and, as much. Yeah. And that's okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, I and mean, I'm still, I'm, but I'm discovering so many new things, but with the books that I'm reading and it's just so, it's so exciting. Yeah. Um, I love playing game with my guests just to get to know each other and also see how tricky y'all can be <laughs> called to truth and a lie. And um, this is where you tell us three things about you and we try to figure out which one's a lie. And I would okay. say we, cause I like for, to hope that the listeners are playing along with me and I'm not the only one. So, okay. So, so you're going to try to guess. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you what your three things about you are. And then I'm going to try to figure out which one's the lie. And then you can confirm or, or, or you know, say yes or no, or however that, you know. Okay. So what are your three this, things? These are always so hard. So I had to really think hard about these ones. Okay. So here are my three things. I've written three romance books under a pseudonym. I created a ghost hunting team with my family. And I've met Eddie Izzard. Oh, wow. Hmm. It's a little bit tricky. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's not as tricky as I want it to be. Well, it all depends, you know, um, it all depends on, you know, where we're, where we're at and what we can think. And sometimes the thing that it's like, so yes, that, of course that happened. No, that's a lie. <laughs> You're going, dang it. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I want to say, Hmm. I can totally see you doing the ghost thing, but. Hmm. Is the writing under a pseudonym the lie? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a half lie. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm writing. <laughs> I had I a feeling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you knew this, because, but I, I, um, I have a book. I have 40K written of this um, <clears throat> BDSM trilogy that I'm, I'm writing. Um, and I chose a pseudonym of uh, Misha Fox. So it's M-I-S-H-A Fox. And, uh, and I, I have every intention of, of fully writing these and, and publishing them, but I really wanted to dive into my narration career and get it started and like consistent. So it's been on pause, but yeah, that is the lie. I did have a ghost hunting team with my family. My dad and I created it and um, my maiden name was Mendel and we called our group Paramendel, which we <gasps> thought was creative. That is very creative. I love it. <laughs> I almost got on the Ghost Adventures show. Um, <gasps> they had a show called Aftershocks where they revisited old investigations and and we had investigated a place that they had investigated within the last like year or so. And I wrote a blog post about it and they found it and they wanted to fly me out to Vegas tell our story about being at this place. It was called the Saddamsville Rectory um, somewhere. I think it was in like Cincinnati, Ohio or Saddamsville, but like really close to Cincinnati. And um, they, and I was on the phone with their producer. They were going to fly me out. 
do the interview and then fly me back the next day. But at the end of the day, they called back and they said, oh, we've decided to go a different direction. Oh. And it was anyway, I'm not bitter. No, um, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, they went with the owners um, and they interviewed them again. And I think they did because the owners were like, oh, my God, this place is haunted by demons. And I was saying, I don't think there's demons there. Um, I think that it's res- residual and uh, <laughs> and that's not nearly as exciting. Uh, and then, yeah, I have. I've met Eddie Izzard. He's they um they recently came out and said that their um preferred pronouns are she they but but then they said honestly i don't care what you call me because they have what they call girl mode and quote unquote boy mode but they're a british comedian and activist and does they do a lot of work in the uk um with government and stuff like that and activism but yeah eddie Izzard is like bay mm-hmm. do kids still say that can something still be bay yeah yeah Okay, good. <laughs> so oh, old. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's, that's, that, that's, um, I use that all the time when I'm not sure. And even yeah. then I'm like always, yeah, make sure you're following them versus he yeah. or she and things like that. I, I, you know, cause for me, inclusivity and, and inclusiveness is, yeah. you know, very important. Um, but I met Eddie mm-hmm. when I was in Chicago on honeymoon with my husband and oh, wow. we went to see the forced, forced majeure tour. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Oh my God. It was just like, it was, it was incredible. Cause I, I love Eddie so much. So yeah. Great. Yeah. So hopefully in maybe what, maybe another year or so you're thinking as far as having Nisha coming out with her stuff. Oh God, I don't want to put a timeline on it, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I really, um, once I find my groove with my mm-hmm. narration, I think that I'd like to start um, dedicating time to my writing but I'm also trying to decide, like, should I write most of all three of them and then release them like close together or should I, cause people want to read things all at once. They don't want to wait for book one, book two, book three. Right. So, I got a but, lot of things to do. so from a business perspective, um, and I think also too, has always been the advice to new authors is that if you are planning on doing more than just the one book, it is suggested that you hold on publishing the first one until you have the other two already written and pretty much done in the editing process because you want to space them out. And that's when you can come up with your marketing plan. That's when you can come up with the pre-orders and kind of get all that stuff. I mean, romance readers are just notorious for being like, is the series finished? Oh, then I'm not reading it. Like, yeah, they want to binge. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it's, it's really, this, this is, um, this is a really good book. I'm, I'm like, so far, I'm just like, even I'm just like, oh my God, this is hot. I'm hoping to work with some um, authors that I've met um, as reading buddies and, and partners to help me kind of nail down my style. But yeah, the, the content is like, whew, loving yes. it. Great. Yeah. No, I think that that's where um, it's important to kind of remember that you are a business as an author and even as a narrator. And that's, you know, you have to kind of come up with that plan. It's great that you have the story, stuff like that, but then how are you going to launch it? Where the marketing's coming to play, getting a cover designer to do getting an audiobook made, deciding if yeah, (laughs) it's gonna be me or somebody else. Yeah. I mean, like (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot to consider, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. And but also uh, the timing, I think, is very important. As much as I know that the 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 community is voracious and they want to binge read, it, it's there's also a lot of very good books and authors that are very popular and awesome and writing that only produce one or two books a year. And that's okay too. So, you know, get a year and divide that into three books. That also gives you time 
to then continue to write other things. So then that comes that second year comes around and boom, there you go. You have more material. Yeah. Cause yeah, you don't want to get burned out either, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we go, why don't you tell us that you can share what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? Oh my God. Okay. So this is where my project board is <laughs> up in handy. So, um, well, Allure is like one of the big things that I have coming up in my calendar, which I'm really super stoked about. I have several books that are kind of like in the wings that will be dropping over the next couple months. But as far as what's happening in my studio, um, tomorrow I will be finishing a book uh, by the author Temperance Dawn. It's called Haunting Lexi. It's kind of a gothic uh, romance and um, she's haunted and her boyfriend and his friends are all part of a paranormal investigative team. And so they're trying to figure out how, like what's haunting Lexi. Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs> um, then right after that, there's a book I'm doing under a pseudonym. It's my first pseudonym book Ooh. because like, okay. So there's, there's some people <laughs> coming into the narration world narrating books but they come from the erotic asmr world which is very different and this book uh, it's a monster smut book by my friend and she's had people from that world narrate her book and so it's just a little bit different than narration and i just don't want michelle price to be narrating like that so instead i'm gonna be sasha sin and i'm gonna be reading um Little Sip of Sin by Cleo Evans um, as part of her Creature Cafe series. Um, But that's only like an hour of audio. And then immediately after that, uh, this week, I'm going to do Start a War, which is book one of the St. View Psychos trilogy by L. Thorpe. And that's the duet that I'm doing with Gregory. So, yeah. That's a lot of exciting things. I know. And then in August, I have one with, um, is it, oh, God. Amo Jones, Amo Jones, uh, but the book is called In Fury Lies Mischief. It's book number two of the Midnight Mayhem series. Um, and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm booked up for sure. Yeah, that's for good sure. for us. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's that really good to say. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, when we have our, you know, we, we love knowing that you guys are fully because that gives us like, we're going to have more goodies. Yay. I hope I do you guys proud. I hope, I hope you like the books that are coming out. Cause I, I do, I think they're all really fun in all their, in their different ways. So yeah. Um, that's what I have coming up. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for taking the time to hang out with me and get to know you better. And Absolutely. I'm looking really forward to, you know, getting to catch up again when we're at Allure in September. So that's going to be so much oh, 100%. fun. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I appreciate you and your time. I will be including all your, you know, your website and your your social media links and stuff like that on over the posts over at Viviana Enchantress the Books. So everybody can make sure to find you and follow you and get to see those lovely videos that you do over on TikTok and Instagram. And because, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and get those little glimpses of what's coming down our earbuds. So that's always good. Um, but thank you again. I truly appreciate you. And until next time, everyone, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darch, Michelle Bastard. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. 
Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.